you've created this content, this, this warm, inclusive, you're the hero in your own story content. Now what are you going to do with it? I want to touch on several channels uh, that are common. Email, an email newsletter. Uh, don't let anybody tell you that email is dead. It is not. It's hardly even suffering. Uh, email is still a prime means of communication. Uh, even though social media is moving right along, I don't think that email will ever go away. Uh, it's, it's just a standardized form of communication now. There are whole seminars that you could go through on how to do a good email newsletter, but we won't dig into that at the moment. Social media. I can't even keep track of how many different social media channels there are. Most of you are safe picking Facebook and maybe one other social media channel and sticking with it. Facebook. Uh, the last number I saw had 1.9 billion, with a B, users. And the user business page, they automatically do all the analyzing for you. Every day oh, yeah. I look at my Facebook, it tells me how many people are visiting. Mm -hmm. And it'll say, responds within. That's talking about me. Yeah, it's talking about <laughs> you. Last time I responded, it said, and now when that thing responds to people within one day, oops. We're going <laughs> to take a look here in a minute at the... At the uh, Adventist Ag Association's Facebook page, and I'll show you a few things that, that will show you why you should probably, uh, why you should have a Facebook presence. Now, I don't want you thinking that you need to go get Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and, and um, Pinterest and, you know, all of these. You don't. Most of you who have local clientele, your people are going to be on Facebook. Maybe Twitter, but Twitter. I, I, right. But you need to look where you ask them. Where are you? Where did you find out about this stuff? A, a surprising number of people follow Instagram, and you can actually do advertising and such on on Instagram and combine it with Facebook, and and there's people that respond to it. To me, it, you know, I'm one of these old bogeys that doesn't understand some of this stuff. Um, I see it happening, but I don't know why somebody would pay attention to an ad on, on Instagram. It's just not me. Facebook, I can, I can get that. The point of that is, though, that your market may all be on Instagram and not doing Facebook. Some businesses, they're all on Twitter and nothing else. You don't know unless you ask and do a little bit of research. All right, I'll, I want to go through these and then I'll, we'll go take a look at the, no, let's do this. Let's look at the Facebook page. Where, where does Google Plus What's that? Google Plus used to be, they, they were pretty sure that Google Plus was going to be the 
format that Google was going to take. You know, there was some Google engineers that were making this like the, the thing. If you wanted to do search engine optimization, you'd better really work on Google+. It still has an important role for local businesses. You need to make sure that you're uh, in Google+, particularly, or Google My Business, when you know, you're going to have a page, a business page, they call them citations in the various directories, but especially Google Plus, Google My Business, uh, Google Local. It's had so many different names. I can't keep track of it. They change so often. But you want to make sure that your business name, your address, your phone number are all exactly the same, and that means hyphens and parentheses. That there's a period in every single one that there's absolute carbon copy uh, consistency from one all the directories, and I, you know we're talking about uh, Yelp and Foursquare and and I think Yahoo may have one. There's there's a number of these direct yellow pages, so a number of these directories. You want to make sure that your citation is perfect, perfectly consistent across every one of them. That's one of the more important things that a local business can do. But you especially want to make sure that your information in your Google Plus and Google Business page, Google My Business, uh, are accurate because Google uses those, as, uses that listing as kind of the standard as it measures everything else. And so if it finds things are not right over here on yellowpages.com, doesn't match what's over here on Google Plus, Google My Business, um, you're going to lose some points in the ranking process. So as far as a social media platform, it has been a disappointment. It has not really lived up to what Google was billing it as, but it's still an important part of their algorithm. So you still want to make sure that you are doing something there, at least making sure that the information is precisely accurate. Um, I don't know of anybody that has actually made a business go just on, on Google+. Plus. Um, but you know, I, I would put just enough effort into it to make sure that it's accurate. Maybe post an article on your Google Plus page once in a while. But uh, I would say probably this right here, Facebook, is where you need to focus your social media efforts. Let's see. <laughs> it's my responsibility. I have a couple of uh, co-editors, but it's been my responsibility, and it, it has not, I haven't done it as well as I should have. Um, pardon? It's a social media platform that Google put together that's very... Yeah, they were trying to they were trying to take over Facebook, and it so it's somewhat similar but somewhat different, and nobody ever really caught on to using it. I wouldn't, other than just making sure that that your uh, listings, you know, for your business information is accurate. So this is a page. It's not my Facebook account. This is a page for the Adventist Agriculture Association. 
And so this is not what you would see if you were coming to the page. This is what I see because I'm the administrator of the page. So here's, here's all this stuff in here. Here's the, the uh, information about uh, the posts so far. Uh, you can see our, our post. I haven't created a post for a couple of days, but you can see that this little down arrow, it's down 42%, the, the number of people reached. I can, I can look at this and I'll show you again and show you another link in a minute with more information about it. So, you know, post engagement, people clicking on the post, people reading, people liking, people sharing, that's down. Before the conference, it was up. And you know what was interesting? And if we had a Wi-Fi here, there might be a lot more. There would be a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, I had one post. I did one post, so it's been two months ago, that that single post hit over 3,000 people saw it. Now we started out, we had a mailing list of three, 300 emails. And so I sent out an announcement that the Facebook page was live. A month or so later, I, I made this post, and it just went nuts. Com that, that this was a family-friendly event. Nothing special, just a picture of a family saying that the Adagra conference was a family-friendly event. That was, on the that was on the Facebook page. I literally learned that this exists two weeks ago. I said, hey, they're in the conference. I'm going. <laughs> I have three pictures of myself like this. I said, talk to me. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, our... Our promotion for this event was primarily Facebook and announcements through our email. And by the way, we did feature article on Adventist Today, which gets uh, 100,000 people. The features don't get as much. Mm -hmm. more controversial stuff too. But we covered that somewhere. Okay, I, I wasn't aware of that one, but uh, <laughs> he made us famous. And I had a, a banner ad in Adventist Review on the online site. So, and, and I'm going to say this and understand this was not me. I did not do a third of what I had planned for this event. So this is not me doing this. But just that small amount of online promotion, we increased our attendance here I don't know how many it's going to end up by the time the conference is done, but I heard last night there was over 600 people registered for this conference. There were 420-something last year at the last conference. So we've had a significant increase. How much of it's due to the online and so on, I don't know because we haven't been able to track it all that well. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Track your results. Have a mechanism for tracking because it would be handy to know for next year what worked, what did this. You know, if, if you don't know, you can't reproduce your results. Where again are you tracking your all your contact info and mail notes and email notes? Not, not for the website. You use Google Analytics and Google Search Console for your website analytics. 
Oh, where do you store? Oh, contact information. That's what the CRM that we were talking about, for, or CR, you know, that was telling you about HubSpot's um, to, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's much more than an address book. It allows you to put notes in there about conversations and track somebody through the sales process. You know, it, it would be good for a school that wants to track somebody hits their website and then track them through the process of becoming a student. Um, if you have, if you know that your customer is going to be a long-term customer, it's worth tracking them like that. If you're doing a one-time retail hit, it may not be worth it. So, if this does what it says, it would be, looks like it would be really good. Do you know, do they have, do they integrate with Zapier? Zapier? Do they have zaps that, for, for integrating with other apps? Okay. Zapier, if you're not familiar with it, is, is a service that if you get an email and you tag it as a certain thing, it, it would come and add that contact in here automatically. It's, it's a way of bridging different applications and is used a lot in complex uh, business operations, you know, where people are cobbling together this software with that software and that software. They use that quite a bit. It helps you cobble together multiple, like Google Mail, with a database app, with a CRM, with uh, so that so that you're not having to constantly enter in here and then enter in here and then enter in over there. You can set up if this happens, do this kinds of of activities, and and you should probably just look at the website to understand how it automates a lot of things. Be because it just, you know, everybody seems to use it differently. But it's, it can make a, a big difference in how you combine, uh, you know, if you get a, an email, you can tag it and it drops it into your email autoresponder or your email management software uh, without having to go enter it in manually. All right. Facebook thinks that the Adventist Agriculture Association has a physical presence in Williamsport, Tennessee, just because that's the physical address for the association, the corporate address. So it thinks it's in Williamsport, Tennessee. Notice in, in that area, there's 57,000 people on Facebook in the Williamsport within 15 miles of this address for the corporate, you know, the corporate address for the association. We could create an ad that would be shown to all 57,000 people. See any potential there for your farm? You could get an ad to everybody in your local area. If you didn't want to just blanket advertise to everybody on Facebook in your area. You can set up audiences, people who like 
certain websites. I can create, one of the things that I had intended to do was to create an ad that was targeted to an audience only of people who had liked an Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist web, uh, Facebook page. You can pick gender, ages. Mm -hmm. There's so much, there's so much that you can do with Facebook advertising that there are whole courses and, you know, four or five day long courses on how to do this because there's so much that's possible to target who you're reaching. And it's cost effective too. You can't beat it with newspaper or something else like this. And if you do your audiences right, you're going to catch people that are kind of interested, that have indicated some kind of interest in what it is that you're doing. If you've built your audience right, you can target people who read. Uh, you can target women who read. You have to have a call to action. I've played around, even just with Google, just to see what happens mm -hmm. with posts that people, I have a man of God, and I have a man of God. People think that's the coolest thing in the world. So mm -hmm. I'm and, um, and I'll do just one of those posts just because it's getting a lot of attention, just to see how much more attention it gets. But I don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. I've gotten some pretty big numbers, but I think, well, okay, so if I have a new book coming out, as a matter of fact, and if I say I'm going to have a seminar on biblical meditation and how to increase your religion, your life, your devotional life, I don't know, can I speak? <laughs> yes, you can, you, can, you can get people who like a church page. You can, get you can get people who, um, we've got a target audience when we set up the page. You can set up audience optimization for posts. All right. Who would I like to show this to? Um, oh, here we go, preferred page audience. See these interests here? I chose those. Because this is a this is an Adventist centric event. Now we we wouldn't turn anybody away that wasn't an Adventist, I'm sure, but there's somebody who wasn't familiar with our culture and with spirit of prophecy would probably feel a little bit weird. You know, they they wouldn't understand what's going on what we're talking about. You know, we talk about Testimonies, Volume 6, page 178. Hey, huh? What are you talking about? Well, God will provide, you know, God, God brings the blessings out of the ground if we put the effort into it. And, and, you know, we know this, but somebody outside of our culture wouldn't understand it. So I wanted this audience to have at least an interest in the Adventist church. So... Seventh-day Adventist Church, Hope Channel, North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists, because we're in the North American Division. For somebody that's never done Facebook, um, just, uh, you know, it's completely unfamiliar with it. What, um, is there something they see on your Facebook page that is feeling getting that third audience, or how does that No, work? not on your Facebook page. It's, it's taking a... When you sign up for Facebook, Facebook starts tracking everything that you do. And so Facebook knows what your interest, Facebook knows more about you than you do. Between Facebook and Google, your book, your life is an open book. Facebook 
which is scary. But it's true. And so they've tracked, they track everything. And I was able to put these keywords in here. I didn't choose these. I didn't make these keywords up here in this interest list. I chose them out of a list that I put in, I think I put in Seventh-day Adventist. And Facebook gave me a whole list of suggested ones. And I chose those. And notice the... I think I didn't... I did not discriminate on the age, so it just gave me 18 to 65 plus. I didn't choose it because I know that we have some younger attendees and some older attendees. I didn't want to exclude them. No, it's okay. No, I'll show. Well, I better not show you my Facebook page. I've got some friends that. How do they? How does it track what they're doing? It tracks the pages, the posts that they click on, the things that they like, the things that they dislike. Because now you can put a frowny face on on somebody's post. You don't like it, you know. You can. Okay. So. And then what do you do on your page I don't do anything on my page. Facebook shows, for example, the the post that that said this is a family-friendly event. Facebook put that on, on the page of people who, had, who fit this profile. It put it on there. They didn't have to ask for it. Facebook just automatically said, you might like this one. I would show you my Facebook page, but like I said, I've got some, some friends from my academy and college days that are not... Uh, no longer in the church and have some strange stuff that shows up once in a while. So, um, But look here at the number, estimated number of people on Facebook that fit one of these interests. Five and a half million. And, and if I boosted the post, you know, if I pay a little extra money, it shows that post to, to even, you know, it's not going to hit all five and a half million of them, but you know these are these are people who had just indicated an interest in one of these at least one of these topics through their activity on Facebook. Now I can I can create an ad and target that audience through the ad, and this is you know you guys most of you are not really going to be trying to hit five and a half million people in your audience. You don't have that many tomatoes that grew this season. So you're going back to your, your local. Right. <laughs> and you know you were mentioning the response rate you can see right here in this area we have a 50% response rate and it's 50% because we've got people who are sending messages that are just comments and they don't really require a response so you know it's it's down a little low there 
Well, that's because I got one within about two minutes of the message coming in, so <laughs> it was quick. But I can click here on Insights, and I can see page activity. You know, I can see whether it's up or down. And let me show you something else that you can do with your face. What's that? Yes, this is the post I was telling you about that spiked. It was, that one was fun to watch. Um, page. How many of you guys saw the video that we posted? We posted two videos. Did anybody see any of the videos on the Facebook page? Okay, I'm going to show you this one. This one had no sound. 85% of all videos watched online are watched without any sound turned up. So I didn't do it. So, and this went on to, to go through the various, it's about halfway through. No, not on that one because like I said, it's like 85% of all videos watched on, online are watched without any sound turned up. So for something like this, there wasn't a whole lot of point. They, and what marketers are doing now is even if they are doing a soundtrack and a voiceover, they're putting captions on so that people can read it without, you know, and get the value of it without the sound. Right. All right. Any questions about Facebook and how you can reach your local audience? Well, uh, how important is getting likes, shares, views? To some extent, it's important because it affects your reach and engagement. Um, yeah, it goes into their algorithms. On the other hand, what is your most desired action? What are you after? Do you want likes or do you want to sell your squash? You know, do, do you want likes or do you want somebody to buy your, your wooden furniture? If it drives people to your website and gets them to take some kind of action, I could care less whether they like my page or not, except that, like, like you're saying, it, Facebook takes into consideration in their algorithms, and so it will affect the frequency of, of how often my post shows up in somebody else's feed. So, did you have a question? Did I? You run a CSA, you and your family, and you're doing everything you can do, and you've got your own job, and you're working for the organization. It seems like it's going to increase the amount of people work. Let's say you've got 200.
wondering, you've had them for 10 years, they're very faithful, you're in good contact with the litigators. Is it still a need for Facebook yet? If you are successful and you don't need any more business, then no. If you boost the post, there's a fee. If you want to put an ad on, there's a fee. Um, and they, they can be done a couple of ways. They can be either a cost per view, so they charge you X pennies for every time your ad is seen, or there's a cost per click, which is usually a little bit higher. Cost Every time somebody clicks on your ad, you pay. Those are a little bit more expensive, but you usually have better end results with that. So, all of this comes down to something that several of, of the folks in here have made multiple comments about. When do I get time to do all this? I already got... 60 hours a week I'm putting into the farm, and, and how am I going to do this too? The creative time is, is one of the biggest challenges here because it's not like standing, or like we were talking about earlier, it's not like standing in the wood shop where the design's already done and all you have to do is, is be productive. This is creative work and it takes extra brain cells to get it done. Time, not just in getting the work done, but actually grasping the, the concepts well enough to be able to do this yourself, it takes time. And it takes time to implement it once you do know. Uh, something I struggle with quite a bit. You have to be consistent. Remember I told you at the beginning of the class this morning that you have to be, you have to have a commitment. You have to keep going. You can't just start and stop. Uh, because your results will not be what you want. It hurts your efforts with your customers. It hurts your efforts with Google. If somebody is expecting, you've, you've set a precedence of having a new recipe on your site every week. There's people, I guarantee you, that are going to your site. If you publish every Monday a new recipe, you've got a new, new recipe on every Monday, and you miss a Monday, there's going to be somebody that was there, where's the recipe? You do that very many times and you've lost a customer. So there's solutions. You can hire the work. It can be expensive. So you have to screen carefully and that's, if nothing else, I hope that you have been able to pick up an overview that lets you have a clue whether the, the person you're talking to knows what they're doing because out there in the online marketing world there are a lot of people who haven't got a clue but they they talk really good about it. I mean they can they can make it sound like they're the cat's meow that they know everything but they can't get results for you. So you have to screen carefully in, in a situation like what you've got, Sean, even in a family situation, you need to designate one person who becomes the expert and 
Either they're doing the work or they're overseeing the work. You need one go-to person. If I'm working for you on, a, on an online marketing project, I don't want to have to talk to five different people in your company. I want to talk to one person. I want to be able to, to interact with one person who understands the strategy and can make decisions. Because the more I have to talk to different people, the, the more complex things get. So designate one person, and in a, if you have a situation like, like Sean has with the school, you may have people who, you, you know, the different people in different positions may be transient to some extent. Who's there this year may not be there next year. Have an assistant. Have, have a couple of people that are, you know, one's, one's assisting, one still needs to be the primary person who's carrying out the strategy or overseeing the work of outsourcers. And remember, this is marketing, it's not IT, it's not programming. You know, the, the programmers and the IT folks are wonderful people, but some of the worst sites I've ever seen have been designed by IT people because they, they look at information a different way. They want it structured in neat compartments Marketing isn't always that way. Um, if at all possible, get somebody that thinks in terms of marketing rather than hardware, networks, software, and those types of, of structures because you will, you will have a site then that speaks to your customers uh, much more effectively. You can barter. Those of you who have products, there are people out there that will work for a share in the CSA. They might work for a really high-end rocking chair or you know, whatever you have to offer. There are people, competent people out there that barter for this type of work. If your cash flow is a little low, um, you know, that's a, a good option for you to consider. I was thinking about doing a, an audit of a website, but, you know, we're getting kind of late in the afternoon now, and folks are starting to yawn a little bit. What I'm going to do is I'm going to close this off, and if you want me to look at your website and go through it with you, rather than live being recorded and, and everybody else watching, I'll be glad to do that. Um, just because at this point in the afternoon, I imagine that everybody would rather go sit in the sunshine for a little while. So, there's my contact information. You can ask me questions anytime. Uh, don't call me anytime. Um, use the phone number judiciously. That's in Tennessee, in, in Eastern Tennessee, so I'm in Eastern time zone. Um, email is actually better. And if you really, really need to talk to me on the phone, email me and let's set up a, a time to talk. Um, I'm happy to, to help however I can. So would you have any questions? Some. I've used it some for, for voiceovers, for video. Uh, it's easy to get that's one talent that I don't have in my team. So it's easy to, you know, $5 and, and I've got a 
a nice voiceover. I've used it for a logo once, and once I used it to get a database, a relational database structure designed that I just didn't have time for. For those of you that aren't familiar with it, Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, you can get all kinds of things done for $5. So uh, use good sense when you use it, though, because sometimes you end up with garbage as a result. I do have a question that you might be able to answer that no one has ever been able to answer to my satisfaction. Oh, well, now you had to say to your satisfaction. <laughs> what is the difference between marketing, promotion, and public relations? Public relations, I'll, I'll give you my definitions. They may not be what everybody else has. Public relations to me is managing your image. So it's either putting a positive spin on negative events or putting out press releases and news stories that make you look good. It's about you, your, your company. It, it's often used for crisis management. Somebody in my company did something stupid, so quick, call the PR firm, let's put out some press releases, do, get some interviews to try to repair the damage. Promotion is a is something, in my mind, it's something with a beginning and an end. We promoted this conference. We started the campaign to promote this event. Well, it's a little bit different because we're driving you to, to a specific thing that we want you to attend. It's time, it's very time specific. Uh, there's things that, are, that work and don't work. For it, in other words, I couldn't I couldn't plan on a two-year-long nurturing campaign because you know it's January 25, 28, and it's done. We promoted it, specials, uh, deadlines, emails with information, and so on. Very specific thing in mind. Marketing is more of a broad term for me that covers promotional campaigns, it covers uh, information for clients, it can even be the image management, you know, without, without a specific crisis or, you know, it's just kind of an ongoing positioning you as an authority. It's a, but it's, it's probably a broader term because it can cover print and email and websites and, and anything designed to, well, it can be educational or sales. Although there are people who separate marketing and sales. Marketing is what drives the traffic into the company and once they become leads, then they go to the sales department. So there's another term to throw into all that. So there's my definitions for what they're worth. Anybody else? Pardon? Books you should read. Ask. 
by Ryan Levesque. Ryan, R-Y-A-N, L-E-V-E-S-Q-U-E. Ryan's book is about how to ask your customers what they want and segment them into uh, buckets so that you know what to create for them. It's, it's very good. Um, let's see, what else? Systems. Um, Sam Carpenter has a book on systems that you should read. Uh, I cannot remember the name of it, but Sam Carpenter. Just Google Sam Carpenter and systems and you'll... you'll Sam Carpenter had a call center, and it was killing him, literally killing him, running the business. And he had, <laughs> he had this epiphany of, of how, to, how to get control of it by creating systems, systems for hiring, systems for firing, systems for managing his business. Not just that, but it's a, it's a way of doing things. If you do something more than once, you need a system for doing it the same way every time. Right, and documenting. And along those lines, you should probably read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. E-Myth. It's an excellent one. Gerber, G-E-R-B-E-R, -E -E I believe. Um... The Lean Farm. It's, it's very good. I, I doubt that I will ever be that organized, but it's, it's a fascinating book, uh, applying lean methodology to farming. Again, systems and doing, doing things that make sense. Yes. Well, and it comes out of, out of corporate business. You know, yeah, Toyota. Work the System, yes, thank you. That's Sam Carpenter's book, Work the System. Getting things done is a good methodology if you can do it. I can't. I've read the book and I've tried to implement it. It took me an hour, I mean a year, to, I kept having to come back to it and do it, and then once I finally mostly did it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Cool. It, even if it does nothing more than help you think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the market garden. You know, there's a new one that just came out um, in the fall. There was a guy that I now I can't remember his name, but they're up in Canada. There's there's a couple that had a feature in Mother Earth News. Is it? Yeah, they had like an acre and a half or something. It's real small. Okay, is this, so this is a relatively new book? Because I've got an older book that's about that thick on called The Market Gardener. Okay. Yeah. John Martin Portier's book, which is The Market Gardener 2, and The Market Gardener as well. And it's about his practice of 
Okay. And that was pretty easy. Or it's a very long book, very long book, so along the same lines as, as Holden's book, uh, oh, New right. Organic Growing. Uh, yeah. Okay. But along the lines of online marketing. Online marketing. Yeah, online there's. Online marketing changes so fast that by the time a book gets into print, that it's it's a challenge. People that I would suggest that you follow, I would I would read anything that Neil Patel writes. NeilPatel.com, N-E-I-L-P-A-T-E-L.com. Not all of it will apply to you, but Neil keeps his finger on the pulse of online marketing. He's also got another site called quicksprout.com, and that's a very good resource as well. Um, inbound.org for uh, content marketing and digital marketing news. Uh, if you are interested in content marketing and the writing aspects, um, uh, smartblogger.com I think is the name, new name of the site John Morrow M-O-R-R-O-W you want to read anything John writes he's excellent he's confined to a wheelchair can't move anything but his lips and makes millions of dollars a year with his writing so oh and that reminds me I had told you guys I was going to tell you about a secret about writing and I'll tell you this as soon as I finish my list here of websites copyblogger.com anything that copyblogger writes excellent Brian Clark uh, is a leader in content marketing and the content marketing institute I think it's contentmarketinginstitute.com I think HubSpot has some really good training materials available uh, I'm not sure what the availability is to folks that aren't, you know, in inside their ecosystem, like being a partner agency or something like that, you might want to check. Um, writing. Writing, you know, for you and I, it's not a big problem. Writing can be painful, but it still isn't, it's not, you know, my problem is I write too much. I write too many words. But there are people that think that writing is too much work. And we were talking about how uh, earlier about how kids, students now are not learning writing skills. And a lot of us didn't learn good writing skills. We learned how to diagram sentences, but we didn't get good writing skills in school. Speaking skills, yeah. Yeah. However, if you want to write really, really good content for your website, Study some of the things that John Morrow writes at Smart Blogger. Um, and if, if smartblogger.com is, is, doesn't work, you can try boosterblogtraffic.com and it will redirect to the correct URL. John was the first one that, that I realized he was doing this and what gave him his unique voice to his writing. He uses Dragon Dictate. Dragon naturally speaking, actually, I think it is now. That's all he can do. He can all he can do is move his lips. Did you know your your word in your computer has a text speech But if you if nothing else, you guys got phones. 
Turn on the little recorder and talk. Then sit down and transcribe it. Type it out, clean it up just a little bit, and you've got something that's going to be engaging. It's much better in most cases than what most of us would sit down and write. I know of a, of a guy that writes novels and sells them on uh, the Kindle platform. He's writing, I don't know, seven or eight books a year. He doesn't touch the keyboard. He uses Dragon, naturally speaking, and he talks his whole novel in there. And people can't get enough of his stories. And he attributes his success to the dictation rather than actually typing or writing by hand. It gives you... <laughs> yes. But if you, if you can do this, if you can practice it a little bit, you've got a, it, puts your, it automatically puts your personality into your writing. And it's a shortcut that actually works rather than gets you into trouble like so many shortcuts can do. So practice with that. If you find yourself a little short of time, I don't want to sit down and write, uh, you know, get out your recorder and talk. I do this with clients quite a bit. You know, now I don't have time to talk to you on the phone. Okay, tomorrow when you're, when you're walking, get out your phone and just talk into your phone, tell me about this and then email that to me and now I've got something that I can write and it's, I don't have to try to convert it to their voice, it's already in their voice. It's already in their, man, their mannerisms, speech mannerisms and so on are in the recording already. So try that. You may find that, that the content part of your website comes a lot more easily than you might have thought at first. So, all right. Any more questions? Well, in that case, you guys can go enjoy the sunshine. Thank you for your attention. You guys were a good group this time. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.